we're considered non-essential personnel offshore. They would scale back their essential personnel to the point where they didn't have to have catering. Uh, for COVID regulations, they wanted as much distance between employees or personnel out there as possible. Wow. And we'll be all right if the Lord be our strength. We'll be all right if the Lord be our strength. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Parish Circuit. I'm Stuart Amadon, and I'm hanging out with Jeff Moncrief and Zach Moncrief from Offshore Services of Acadiana, right? Did I get it right? That's correct. Okay, awesome. Guys, thanks so much for coming and hanging out. Um, one of the things that we like to do is just get to know other Christians who work in business, uh, uh, who have started companies or have brought companies or lead companies or anything like that. And you guys are especially important in that because one, you're both believers. Two, it's a father-son team. Like, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, I've got kids. They're all young. My oldest is 14 right now. Uh, and so I got, I got a little bit of time before I really start moving in that direction. But one of the things that's really important to us as a company is legacy, right? Being able to, to hand something off to your family over time. And it looks like you're doing it. And so I, that's probably going to be one of my biggest questions. But before we really get there, um, offshore services of Acadiana, what, what do you guys do? What is your, what's your field? We provide services such as cooks and galley hands or utility hands that clean and cook for the guys offshore. Uh, so it's like a, it, it, do we classify that as a catering service? Is Correct. That, is that what that is? Okay. That's exactly what it is. A catering service. Okay, cool. For, specifically for offshore rigs. Yes. We, okay. do, uh, we do inland on occasion, but we're primarily offshore. Primarily offshore. So you got, you know, you're, you're running staffing all the time for these things, right? You're, are you coordinating um, supplies for them as well? On occasion, we used to do a lot more of that, but that is kind of phased out. Okay. They, they kind of took the middleman out of that, so we are now more just labor-intensive. I got gotcha. you. Now, offshore, when I hear offshore, I think labor-intensive, like you just said, and grueling as far as the man hours go. Well, how did you get into the offshore industry? What led you there? Uh. Well, I originally, uh, I guess I did my, I did 20 years and retired from United Parcel Service. Okay. And there was three other guys that started, I didn't start, but they approached me about coming on board uh, initially and setting up this company called Offshore Services of Acadiana. Oh, and was it always going to do catering? That was always yes. kind of the Okay, yes. okay. Now, we did branch out initially to other services, but we were primarily catering. Okay. So we, that was our bread and butter. That so was your speak. specialty. Okay. So we uh, we did that in 06, uh, to be precise, August 26th of 2006 was our original startup date. And you got the date in your brain and everything. Uh, that's when we signed on the dotted line. And, <laughs> and, took, and uh, we took, uh, or at least for me, it was a big leap of faith because I was leaving a, you know, a... 20-year career from the from, UPS. From UPS yeah okay mm -hmm. so and you so you retired it wasn't like I'm done I'm retired I'm putting my feet up you retired to do this well yeah basically I was I was doing 20 years of UPS in my mind that was my initial goal to do 20 years and then do something else oh okay okay and I I, I piddled with a, a little um company of my own or I had an LLC of my own that I piddled with for a couple of years while I was looking for something more yeah. steady. And then I was approached to help start this off. So. Okay. And then are the, are the original four partners still involved? They are not. The two of them are retired. Okay. So it's just myself and my other partner who is 
probably within one to two, maybe three years from retiring. What about you? I'm hoping Maybe to, you don't uh, want to say that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I, I would like to hang around a little while longer and then pass it off to my son. And now my daughter works with me and, uh, wow. and also my son-in-law. So That's awesome. So what? So they they had this plan fully formed, and they came up to you and they said, "Hey, let's do this." Or this was your idea? Uh, no, initially? it was it was not my idea initially. It was actually uh, one of the other partners' idea initially, um, and he was actually in business with one of the previous partners as well for a short time, and then that didn't work out. So they got together and they decided to try to start this, and they approached me and a and another gentleman about coming on board with them. And I had operational experience with UPS. That's yeah. what, that was my that was my field or uh, not expertise by any means, but that was where I had my most experience was in operations. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you you would provide more of like the the scheduling and the planning and the mm-hmm. oversight inside of UPS, and so that's kind of what you brought to this particular table. They right. saw your skill set. Yeah, well, like personnel manager. Personnel management. Okay, okay, I got you. So whenever somebody would like fight with somebody else, you were the guy who broke it up. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Uh, It also included a lot of logistics, you know, getting people from point A to point B and utilizing your resources in order to get multiple people to multiple destinations Mm. the most cost-effective way. I got you. So it's it's a lot of planning. Sounds like a lot of spreadsheets. Am I, is that a correct assessment? Mental spreadsheets. Mental spreadsheets. Yeah, I, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm old school. I don't do the computers too well. Anymore, so. <laughs> well, that's what you got Zach for, that's, right? That's <laughs> there it is. So you've been doing this for, so since 2006. Correct. So we're in our 18th year. Okay. Okay. And along that way, so you went, you went through 2006 to now, how, how are things going 18 years later? Well, as the old business goes, uh, it's cyclical. So Uh, you have your ups and downs, and it seems like it's about every five to seven years there's hills and valleys. And Mm. we are in a somewhat of a flat valley right now, um, if you will. Um, Business is not booming, but we're steady. And, you know, we're still in the black, so that's a good thing. Mm. And it's probably related a lot to politics, right? Depending on what administration you have in there has a lot to do with it. Is that on a federal level or a state level or both? Uh, I would say more federal. More federal. So who's president matters, in other words. It does. You heard it here first. (laughs) 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 You know, who who the president is matters. Shocker. What what, what do you think are some of the things like, so 18 years in in a particular field is a big deal. And you work with people and people are complicated. Strictly with people. Okay, so now let me be clear. I I work with people, but Zach and Hunter, his brother-in-law, and Alexis do ninety percent of the workload now. Okay, okay. So, so you provide the oversight. Uh, yes, and that's becoming less and less because they're becoming more and more experienced, more and more adept. Yes. Well, then let's talk about that a little bit. You're working hard to hand off. A business, it sounds like to me, to your family. That was the ultimate goal, dream from the start. When we took this leap of faith, that was... That was what you wanted to do. Yeah. When when Zach showed interest when he was, I guess when he was about 18, he showed interest of coming on board, but he was too young. He needed to be 21. So... For the offshore stuff. Correct. And it it wasn't probably six weeks after he turned 21, he was on board. (laughs) (laughs) Quick. Ready to go, man. 
So, Zach, what, what made you be interested in this field at first? Uh, one, just working with my dad and seeing that he had something started. But uh, Oh, yeah. I really didn't have any direction on what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. in school for a little while in nursing, and it was just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know? Yeah, right, right. But I knew he had something, you know, somewhat established by then. And um, me with my indirection, I was like, just give me a chance. Just give me a shot. <laughs> let me swing at it. <laughs> yeah. Let me, at the time, I was like, let me uh, sweep the, the shop floor. You know, let me yeah. do this and that. And yeah. Just give me a shot. So yeah. it took a couple of years from there, and I had to, you know, I dropped out of school just because school wasn't for me. Yeah. And uh, started a used car business with somebody else. And yeah. Yeah. Did that for a little while, and then they gave me the shot, so I took it. And we and here we are, yep. rolling on. That's awesome. So um, you said, let me let me just try. I, I, my brother, my dad was in aviation for forever. Well, he still is, but he's not. He's quasi-retired at this point. He does aircraft sales. But my brother did the same thing with my dad. He would go to work with my dad, help take care of the planes, fuel airplanes, and now he has a phenomenal career working in aviation because he has experience that nobody else could have had, right? Yeah. Without being on site with dad, working with them. And I bet you even for you guys, probably like hearing conversations at the dinner table, right? Because you I imagine y'all would talk about work at home sometimes. Um, yeah. And we actually have to shut it off yeah. sometimes. We're like, <laughs> all right, no work talk. <laughs> the wives make us do that. <laughs> well, see, I think that, so there's this great book called Household in the War for the Cosmos by C.R. Wiley. If you haven't read it, re read it. It's a great book. But he talks about this important principle of right now we separate work from our homes in almost a, an unhealthy way. We say, hey, when, whereas pre-industrial revolution, if you were the shoe cobbler, you literally lived above the shop and all your kids worked in it with you. And by nature, you handed them a trade whenever you were done, you know what I'm saying? Like you were handing down a livelihood. And his argument is that we've kind of lost that. And I think that's true to a degree, but because of y'all's legacy, and tell me what you think about this, I would say, Zach, you're picking up literally where your dad left off and you have a lot of years ahead of you to be able to continue to hone and perfect that skill. But right? Like, would you agree with that? I would, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that's an important piece. One of the things that as Christians, you know, we're looking forward into the future. We're looking at our children. We're looking at trying to build the kingdom of Christ. And what we want to do is say, hey, I want to leave things better for my kids. You know? I'm trying to push them out in a direction better for them. And I think that's a that's a cool way. So what you said you're in the process still of kind of handing everything off. They do 90% of it. What does that look like for you? Like whenever you say, I'm giving this to my kids, does that just mean I'm hands off, I'm not doing this? How do you hand things off? How do you delegate in situations like that? I would have to say it's uh, hand them something, see how they do with it see if they do what I would have done or see if they can do something better to improve on what I've already done, hopefully. Okay. Or the way I would have done it, maybe find a better way. Um, do you find that happens often? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they figure out the better way to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it's um, a lot of it is their, uh, just their modern approach to things, you know, mm. the, whether it be technical or whatever, their modern, modern eyes, their fresh eyes on things, so yeah. to speak. You know, I'm uh, I'm kind of stuck in a rut type type guy, and it's hard to get me out of that ditch. <laughs> and they 
they kind of uh, see things from a different light. And the, and the guys that are coming up in the field where we are serving are becoming more and more their age or Zach's age mm. and less and less my age. You mm. know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, the wheel is, is uh, turning. So. And, and so you, f- you feel like it's easier for them to com- maybe communicate with that staff, those on, younger staff on members? A, on a certain, certain group of them. Yeah, that is because uh, I still have some connections that in guys that are closer to my age that I have built a rapport with over the last 18 years or so. Yeah. And, um, but now they are developing that, you know, simple stuff like I'm take them with me on, uh, on luncheons and stuff to get mm. them and meet the guys. And now they're communicating directly with a lot of them and they're creating their own. They've been to a few companies on their own without me going at all. So they're, they're wow. creating their own. They're generating new yeah. leads, yeah. new sales, exactly. new opportunities. Yeah. That's cool. So, but you said you, you hand them off and you kind of watch. Yes. So you initially you're a little dis, you're a little disconnected. Correct. From the situation. Yeah. And I hand, and it's a it's a voluntary thing. I want them to take it from me, and they have done that. And it's becoming less and less of uh, of me watching. Mm. It's, it's becoming you know I hand it off or they take something and I don't even worry about it anymore. To the for the most part, really, I, I, that, that trust has gotten so much. Yeah, that, that I figured that all I know that they're going to do is good or better than I did. That's awesome. Zach, we that? definitely appreciate the wisdom still around. Like, yeah. Like when he <laughs> says, like, say. hey, <laughs> go like, what would y'all do or go make this decision? It's nice to have that, you know, wisdom still in the background. Yeah. If you need to go to or for help. Right. Yeah. Well, because he's been doing it for yep. 18 years. Yep. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what um, when your dad hands you something? How do, what does that look like for you? Whenever he hands off a process or hands off a system or a particular client to you, do you just grab it and run? Or you you have like some debriefing that you do with your pops or with other family members? How does that work? Uh, definitely some debriefing. But yeah. what I'm learning lately is that um, like to take it and make it better is what we're kind of learning with right now yeah. and what to do and how to do it. Because we've, you know, when the company started after our first couple of years, uh, the the business was just coming um, pretty heavily and really not, without much work, I would say. People were just know. knocking on the door. It was yeah. just times, you know, sign of the times. It was a busy industry. Oh, yeah. everything was growing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. You we, were you were on the upside of that yeah. hill. And we had we had we were struggling to find employees to fill jobs. Oh wow! I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so now, so that was one of the uptick was going. Right. Now it's kind of a valley right now. Right. So what do you anticipate the next cycle to look like uh, in y'all's field? Honestly, I don't, I don't, uh, I wouldn't say that I would uh, see it getting back to where it was in 2014 okay. era or so. Or, but I do see it coming up quite a bit in the next, I'd say, one to three years. But I don't see it getting back up to, you know, that hundred and Twenty thirty dollar barrel oil that we had before. I understand. I understand. So not anytime soon, at least. Well, let me ask you this: so to to step a little bit to the side, you guys are an offshore industry. We've worked with some offshore guys before. What was it like for y'all with whenever all the COVID twenty twenty stuff went down? What did that do to your business? How did that affect you? Uh, tremendously. Yeah. Did that? Did everything just stop? Basically, at a time, it definitely stopped. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just complete full halt. Nothing was going like, on. Take everybody off the platforms. Yeah. We're going into uh, what's it called? Um, when they shut everything Lockdown. down. Yeah. There Lockdown. it is. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, so no drilling at all well, was happening. 
they didn't need what we're, we're, we're considered non-essential personnel offshore. And so what they would do, they would scale back their essential personnel to the point where they didn't have to have catering to where they would operate just basically on a minimal scale as far as personnel required on, up on a, on a platform. And, wow. And cause they had to have the, I guess, uh, for COVID regulations, they wanted as much distance between employees or personnel out there as possible. Wow. So then for you guys as a business, I imagine that was a serious. No, it was a, it was serious. Yeah. yeah. It was a very, very much like a faith moment. Uh, exactly. Where you're like, all right. Yeah. I hope this thing exists. I remember for us, you know, we closed too and we didn't know which end was up at the beginning of everything. It's like, are we all about to die? I don't know what's actually right. happening. And so we, we sent all the staff home because it was just, we don't know to what degree things are going to get weird. Thankfully for us, um, since we work in digital communications, everybody decided that they wanted that more in that season. So we were able to, to not take a hit in that particular time, but I can't imagine for you guys. So what, how did you, what eventually wound up happening for things to settle out in that season? Did, it, did things just eventually pick back up again? Work started again? Uh, like, the government uh, loosened their ties. Everybody decided they needed oil. <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> this is important. <laughs> That's awesome. So 18 years, well, in year 18. So 17 years old, you're in the 18th year of what you've been doing. You guys are working together. You're trying to hand things off to your family, which I think is very, very cool. Um, what do you see as a, uh, this is a question for both of you. What do you think the future of your business looks like? in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? How does, how does that look moving forward? Well, uh, I, I would have a, um, a realistic objective or goal in mind, and that would be for Zach and my daughter and son-in-law to keep, to take this and grow it, um, and to continue having our morning Bible studies, our devotions every morning. Y'all do that at work? You mm -hmm. do that every morning, which you can't do in the, you know, unless you have a private deal. So that's it, right. You know, and, and we, like you said at the beginning, we're, we're all believers there. Even my partner now is a, that I work with now, he's a believer. And, Amen. And I can tell you uh, that is attributed to the last 17 years of not being a cross word. And we may not agree on hundred percent of everything, but there hadn't mm. been, there hadn't been a cross word between us in 17 years, as far as, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a verbal loud disagreement. Yeah, you know, it's it's very it's it's it means a lot to work in that environment. Yeah, well, it to to work in an environment that's governed by the Lord and His ways, yeah. as opposed to the cutthroat. I'm going to come after your job. I'm going to deal with you improperly. I have no higher moral authority over me, so I'm just going to swing at you. Right. That I see happening in the public sector so much. Right. It's nice to, I find maybe you guys have seen this too. I find that folks who maybe even might not be Christians would prefer to work in a Christian environment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because there, it's not, it, there's not so many punches, right? There's, it's not so, um, uh, success only chop everybody down, take advantage of you along the way kind of vibe. So, so 20 years, your desire that they w would carry on, <clears throat> grow the company, keep the same moral standards. Zach, what do you think, man? 20 years from now, what, is, what does offshore services look like? Yeah, we're we're trying to figure out a, a different aspect on getting more business. And okay. we're having a, um, you know, 
branch ideas out to try to figure out um, what this looks like for the next generation or 10 to 20 years on mm. getting new business. But uh, I don't, I think we talk about it often. I don't see the industry going back to what it was 10 years ago. You're talking about in the low point. No, the, the high, high point. In the high point. Oh, like, I'm sorry. In the, the high point. Yes, I understand. Honestly, we, we don't see it maybe ever getting back there just because of the regulations and where the companies are shifting focuses. Because they're moving more towards like deep, deep water and uh, oh, wow. out of the shallow water, the shelf of Gulf of Mexico. Interesting. And, uh, you know, maybe not needing as much third-party personnel on the man platforms. Okay. So uh, we're trying to maybe diversify and work for more companies than we have in the past. Mm -hmm. So we're having to get out there and sell more than we have 10 years ago. Do you guys supply for deep water rigs? Not yet, but uh, we have a few connections and we're... You're working on it. Yeah. yeah. Deep water, man, that's got to be... I don't even... We've been out there before. the oil industry. So I'm like, how do I even do this? (laughs) We've been out there before. You have but, been. Uh, we're trying to get back out there and so you've got the connections. Yep. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll be praying for that for sure, man. Yeah, that would yeah. be very cool. What would you guys say? All right, let's say that there's a uh, a Christian who's a business owner. He's working to hand something off to his kids. When we're talking in terms of legacy, what should be on the front of his brain? What should be on the front of their brain as they're working to try and and hand something actively off to their children? Uh. First thing that comes to mind, to my mind, is uh, put put our God first, mm. pray about it, and take a leap of faith. Amen. Amen. What about you, Zach? Two things. Uh, I was thinking about this before. Uh, as a father, what he did well is what I think you should start when the kids are young, and I'm trying to figure out is instill in them a Christ-centered work ethic. From the beginning. So if you can figure out how to instill in them a Christ-centered work ethic. We do this because we're Because of this, and Mm. even though you don't like what you're going to do every day, possibly, Mm. this is because we're going to go there and do this because we're ultimately working for Christ. Amen. And we're serving people. You know, like, that's that's profound. If you're going to work literally for Christ every day, like in human form, you would approach that office or that... Uh, phone call and everything differently, which I'm starting to understand and realize. That's, yeah. So say that again, because I think that's important, yep. right? So I'm working like, I'm working in this job like I'm working for Jesus. Literally. Okay? Like, so I, as in he's on the other end of that phone yep. or he's, or he's, he's the, the boss. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or he's in charge of me. Yep. How would I work in this job if that was the case? Yep. Yep. That's a mindset shifter right yep. there for sure. And I got something else is also for the kids is um, not getting complacent is something I've dealt with. Mm. Like you go through the good times and you see like it's not it's not too hard to get the work right now or you just start going through the mundane, you know, day to day and you get complacent because it's easy. Yes. So you have to learn which through the hard times we've had to since COVID is that we hey, we got to approach this different. It, it worked in the past like this, but now we got to do this. Mm. So don't get complacent. You know, continually grow and be willing to come in and do something different and not just ride on the back of what was easy 10 years ago. Yes. So I, I, got, to, I got to attend a talk um, by a guy named David Bonson 
who is a, he's a Christian. He lives in New York City. He's, and I know those two things, they sound like they don't fit together, but it's true, I promise. He's a Christian, super devout Christian, lives in New York City. And he, I got to ask him after he was done with this talk, I was like, hey, look, I'm a, a young Christian business owner. Well, I'm 38, so maybe I can't say young anymore, but I'm a business owner. I'm a Christian. What would be your advice that you'd give me? He's a very successful financial firm guy. And his word to me was tenacity. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. This idea of the, the lack of complacency is being tenacious, is, is you have a drive to do something. He said the businesses that he sees succeed, they succeed because the people in the seat have a high degree of tenacity. In other words, failure is not an option. We keep growing, we keep fighting. Now, for Christians, you know, you have to, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, you have to be uh, careful with your time with your family, you know? So, like, your, your tenacity is for work at work, and it's for family with family. And those two things obviously cross over. Mm -hmm. We talked about that, too. Like, there's a crossover there. But you want to make sure that when you're in the seat, you're driving, you're driving and you're driving hard. I think that's right. what we're talking about. For the young person who's in the, in, who has the opportunity, don't get complacent. Don't yeah. get lazy. Don't don't become one of those silver spoon kids because that's mm. not going to be helpful for anybody. Yeah. Instead, be tenacious, fight, build, and it's Jesus's kingdom we're talking about anyway. Right. So change your mindset from I got to go to work to I get to go to work. Ah, yeah. It's it, that's another thing that I've learned recently too, and I think this was actually at. I'm just giving David Bonson all the plugs. I think this was at his talk too, where he was saying work is service. In other words, people pay you because you're there to serve them instead of this idea of I'm just working so that one day I can retire and go pick up seashells on the beach or whatever. In instead of that, we need to think about work as, hey, I'm going to provide literally a service for someone and they pay me for it because it's a service, meaning they're the ones that I care about. That's a, that's a Christian work ethic mindset shift that I think we all need to kind of make yeah, sure. That, that is not carry. the current worldview right now. For no, sure. no, the current worldview is I have to go to work. Yeah, got to pay the entitled. bills. That's right. I, I, I only go here because I have to pay the bills or I only work here for however many years until eventually I can get my, I don't know what they're even calling it, 401ks. Is that still a thing? <laughs> Do people still have those? You know, I don't know what it is. But So I can get my retirement check, my Social Security check, and then I put my feet up for the rest of my life. That's ruined the Christian work culture. Um, used to, before what, the 1960s, the 1950s, you just worked until you were dead, you know, <laughs> until your body right. didn't work anymore. Yeah. That was normal. Got your gold watch and went home. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but now we work until we don't want to work anymore. It's a, it's a very different environment. And when we can get that understanding of work as service, I'm going to serve these people. I think it's an important shift. Man, this is great. Well, what else? Y'all got any other words of advice for people that are listening? My hope is that we're inspiring and motivating future generations of Christian business leaders right here. So if you wanted to say something to them, what would it be? Got anything left? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Swing for it. Yeah. If you got an idea, do it. Take, take a shot. You never know unless you try it. That's right. That's right. And uh, entrepreneurs try a lot, you know, before something actually sticks. <laughs> yeah. 
So try and try and, and see what comes. Guys, thanks so much for coming to hang out. I really appreciate it. Love to do this again sometime later on, when one yeah. of these days, whenever y'all, I know y'all are busy out there in the oil field industry, but thank y'all again for so much coming on. Where, where can somebody go if they want to learn about offshore services of Acadiana? Y'all got a, y'all got a website or anything? Yep. OSA.BZ. OSA.BZ. They can go and find out more about your business. Are y'all hiring any capacities right now? You looking for anything? Yeah, we're currently starting to look at applications and start hiring a few. All right. So if you're looking for a job, OSA.BZ. Go check them out. Great guys. Christian company. You should get connected to them. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate you. If you look for more podcasts like this, you can go to theparishcircuit.com, YouTube, or anywhere that you find podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Parish Circuit. You can find more on YouTube, anywhere that you find podcasts, or theparishcircuit.com.